November 24, 2019. It's a lot from Pedro Show. <laughs>
Are you back in Brooklyn? Back in Brooklyn, yeah. Safe and sound and uh, catching up on some rest, getting a shower, everything. Whole nine yards. So, tour was successful. Oh, tour was great. Tour was really, really successful. We, uh, we, we, we were really glad with how it turned out. We hadn't, uh, we hadn't been out the West Coast for uh, at least about four years. So it was an exploratory committee. We had to launch, and we zigzagged all around out there and uh, trying to see what would work so we could come back out next year and do something more focused. So uh, we're really happy with the results. Yeah, and if you arrive home alive, I think it's a success. Th- that's basically when we got to the airport to, to head back. Uh, we were leaving from Dallas at the end of the run, and we had known we had returned the rental vehicles, both of them safely. We had made the flights up to then safely. We got on the plane. I mean, that's the, that's the success, like you said. If you get home safe uh, in, in you know the, the ship docks, Again, you know, I mean, that's, there it is. That's all of it. Have you think next tour you'll do it in one boat? Maybe no planes and rental vehicles? Yeah, you know what? Well, we would, we definitely, definitely, definitely um, kind of, there was some miscalculation with this. Uh, You know, the last time we had done a lot of uh, America, which is such a large, large territory, uh, we were on this tour with a, a black flag reunion uh back in 2014 um i only say black flag reunion with any kind of weirdness in my voice just it was more of like one member being the greg Ginn and a bunch of other individuals so we were uh on a tour opening for them in america and uh we covered a lot of ground and a lot of traveling and it was kind of based on we were playing some territories where we Cinema Cinema hadn't played on our own before and likely wouldn't have gotten to, like the Dakotas, uh, areas like that. So we had such a, a great experience kind of doing all like 35 or 40 of the 50 states in one summer that we didn't know how to reapproach it because uh, America really is such a large, large beast to, to, to run with, you know. And, and coincidentally, at that same time, we were exposed to doing some touring in Europe which uh, became uh, a very, very, very successful venture for a small band like ourselves. We were treated very well, and we've gone to Europe like maybe five times in the last five years. So we've put off doing a larger-scale American, and we tried to bite off more than we could chew. So that's why we wound up – it was planes, trains, two automobiles. I mean, we're going to streamline it for next year because one boat from, from port to port is really where it's at. Yeah, uh, we got to share the stage with each other in the Shadow Hills. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's a cool spot. I just came back from a tour, and I had to leave the next, well, right after that show, because Raymond had me read some, some scripts for an event in New York City. But, uh, yeah, I think it's maybe the f- fourth or fifth time I've played there, uh, Interesting, Pat. It's local, you know. You still see that in SoCal. Uh, yeah. It used to be in the old days, everything was in Hollywood. Now there's nothing in Hollywood. Yeah, Not I mean, bad. when we were out, yeah, we were out there just now. We wound up playing that spot with you in Shadow Hills, which was, that was a funky, lovely little spot. We Sun really space. enjoyed that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sunspace, I mean, on over on Sunland Boulevard. Great spot. And, I mean, we, we played also, uh, in terms of SoCal, we played Pasadena, home of, uh, I guess, where Van Halen was born, amongst other things. But we played Pasadena. That was in lack of having, like, say, uh, an L.A. proper show, maybe, or a Hollywood show. The Pasadena show was was good we were on the bill with some more kind of heavier bands so we played a, a heavier like set but we really like that we can kind of shape shift a bit because we don't really identify to any specific genre um so um but yeah in terms of la proper um yeah we we kind of we kind of floated around the perimeter we actually we found in terms of norcal we, we we drifted into this area pacifica the san francisco show was was uh, was a show the albany california show which is a little spot right outside of oakland that was a really good show and that night um a friend of a friend put us up in pacifica and made us aware of this great little venue in pacifica which we're going to return and play next year um Winners. oh god I'm sorry? Winner's Tavern? Yeah, White Horse Tavern, man. We stayed oh. with the dude who lives right on the block. Winners, oh, winners. We're there. You know about that place. Winners. Winners. Oh, okay. <laughs> winners. Well, winners. I I, I, you, I'm a little this excited. That's how I know Pacifica. For one thing, it's a yeah. uh, uh, radio group is uh, named after Pacifica, KPFK, KPFA, the first uh. one, WBAI, New York. But it was originally, I think, six or seven towns that came together to make this uh, composite village. And Brother Steve McKay, sax man of the Stooges, lived there. So that's how I know Yes. Got you. Got you. And that was when the dude who put us up that night mentioned that McKay lived in that town. And also a good friend of ours and person we've been lucky to work with is... uh, wizard named martin bc um yeah brooklyn, brooklyn studio yeah. wizard you, i know you know martin well um, i played on this tour i just did in toronto we shared the stage beautiful he's been beautiful. touring yeah he's, he's got, over in europe right now <laughs> he's got some kind of martin bc band and he's great yep yeah he's the man he's the man he's the absolute I'm absolute best studio when Sonic Youth was recording Evil, Brooklyn, I think 1985 ah. or 1986. That's when I met him. Nice guy. Yeah. He, he yeah, made Martin a record is. for Greg Ginn. It's got a Hopi doll, a Kachina doll on the Zia, the sun, on the cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I forgot to say we started the show off with. John Coltrane doing Compassion. And then from the new record, Cinema Cinema with Collective Outpoint. Uh, here's another song from this record. Maybe you can tell me about it. Red, Radio Ready. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, this record was the first time that we experimented with uh, entirely improvised composition as song to release uh we had done that on uh, our previous albums for a song per album but we wanted to go into this one with absolutely no plan 
Uh, and we also approached it differently because we, uh, we approached it in trio format. We added a horn player for this record. I'll talk more about that. But Radio Ready itself was one where um, we had been jamming. The session was going well. Uh, first few jams, we didn't really um, discuss what the jam should sound like. We just kind of let the instruments do the talking. And then at one point we said, you know what, why don't we try something that sounds like this or like that? And one of the things we said was, why don't we try something that sounds really staccato, sharp, insane, crazy, like let's just get unhinged and lose our minds. So um, we then blew into this thing radio ready. And as soon as we finished, uh, one of us chuckled and said that would be like the first single and then ultimately, when we went back and listened, we dubbed it Radio Ready because it's so not ready for any radio. And then when the album came out, uh, we actually made it the quote unquote first single um, just because, you know, it's <laughs> there's nothing there's not much pop sensibility about it. It's pretty uh, jagged and uh, insane. So that's Radio Ready's explanation. OK, let's listen. Oh, <laughs> 
Forgive me, Father, for my sins, just as you forgave those who crucified you. Count not my transgressions, but rather my tears of repentance. Remember not my inequities, but rather my sorrow for the offenses I have committed against you. Breaking the law. Genetic law. Genetic law. Breaking the law. Genetic law. sins, especially my sorrow for the offenses I have committed against you.
Watch for Pedro Show. Yeah, Cinema Cinema. With Radio Ready. I Irony Ready. Ironic Ready. Then something <laughs> brand new from Project I'm part of with uh, two of the guys in Wire, Bob Lee, called Fitted. And this first two, Plug in the Jug. This is Plug in the Jar. <laughs> they fucked up. It's Plug in the Jug. I gotta fix it. Then the mids out of uh, South Carolina with wellness check. Can't can heads. Harmony free movement. Finland. Simon Grab. Observatory. Brand new. Bit Turner. Brand new. Passage. Henry Kaiser. Brand new. Wuppertal Blues. Wish Granters. That's a project I'm part of. Also just came out. Uh, Jamie Morrison is the main guy. Pale Angels, Welsh Cat, and uh, Vince Maroney, Jimmy, and uh, who else was there? Yeah, that's four. <laughs> There's four people. Uh, M.B. Jones, Genetic Law. I guess it's all coming together for album release uh, version. Kangaroo Court, Crane found some old stuff, him and Richard Derrick did. He thought it was lost forever, but here we got it. Some free lunch. And finally, Cloud 3, Cinema Cinema. Cloud 3. Tell us about that, Ev. Yeah, well, there was uh, there was a couple clouds. That was uh, that was another one of the... Um, shutters, <clears throat> too. Yeah, the the point when we got to uh, late in the night, we were like, why don't we try to do something that sounds like a cloud? And uh, we did a couple of different um, passes at that. We were trying to um, get to some sonic place we don't usually get to um, with this album. About, you're not talking about the internet cloud. No, 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 not that one. You know what the internet cloud is? The internet cloud has its paws on all of our stuff. Yeah, I know that cloud. The cloud is someone yeah. else's pewter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, <that's laughs> I mean, basically, right? It, that makes sense. Yeah, so you yeah. have you know, can I park on my shit over here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. We, uh, so we wanted to get to a cloud? different kind of cloud yeah. than that. T tell us yeah. about it. And yeah. tell us about your kind of cloud. Well, our kind of cloud on um, with this with with this uh, with this record, this CCXMD, we uh, we did this one as a trio. Uh, the band uh, at the core of the band is my cousin Paul and myself. Uh, we've been doing it since '08, so it's been about 12 years now. We love being a duo. It's uh, it's Econo to use one of your terms. What? Or one like, of the terms that you've highlighted, the, uh, jamming. We got it from the Econo line, yeah. Ford Van, which they stopped making. Gotcha, gotcha. The the economical value, I guess, found in the Econo line uh, and using, you know, whatever it could fit properly. We found as two guys, the economy, the economic value uh, of both being on the same page, it just made us uh, available to do a lot of stuff. Uh, so anyway, we wanted to explore adding another uh another element um and on our last album the one that came out in 2017 called man bites dog 
we had a guest blow some saxophone. This guy, Matt Dario. Uh, and we felt really strongly about, um, about the overall... Uh, the overall flavor of the stew when we added his ingredients. So uh, we thought, why not see if we could do a, an entire album and rather than him be a guest, have him be an actual full-blown contributing member. Like, let's go in, you know, all see this eye to eye. Uh, and that's uh, that's kind of the, the core, uh, you know, like difference to this uh, uh, this fifth album of ours is supposed to be any of the four before it. Uh, we're doing it as a trio. We got Matt with us. Matt is a, an insane, insane jazz world player. He's in a handful of bands, the Clismatics, Paradox Trio, Desertro Totale, Orange and then Blue. He bl- he plays with a lot a lot of dudes. Um, he's a titanic musician. It's a blessing to, to get a chance to throw with him, throw down with him. So met him, uh, we met him about five years ago through Mutual Friends. And uh, we got together and we played uh, with the general rule of let's not plan it, let's just play it. So we carried through with that. We did a couple of gigs with him, just total improv, calling it CCXMD instead of Cinema Cinema because it was kind of different. And then we said, let's go to the studio and see. We didn't go to the studio thinking we were going to record an album. We thought maybe we'd get like something because, you know, improv is an interesting um, it's it's the moment, you know. It's you gotta what's in the moment. You gotta see if you can grab something out of it, you know. I mean, so ultimately, we got real lucky. Oh, uh, at least we felt we got lucky because the the music seemed to have a value. Uh, the session we did yielded a lot. Um, this this album uh, is just part one. There's a second. Uh, there's an installment of this wacko outside uh, stuff. So yeah, our version of a cloud. It's definitely different from the usual cinema cinema approach. Try to get a lot of the distortion pedals dialed back, get them out of there, get the vocals moved over, and let the horn be the voice. So um, it's really interesting for me, you know, being the singer and you know, like being the guy shouting all these lyrics and phrases to shut up and use the vocal uh, as just another instrument uh, when the time was right. Uh, it was. It really opened up uh, a different understanding, I think, for for my my approach moving forward doing this album. So I'm excited about it. Why cloud three? There's more than one cloud. Yeah, yeah. There's two and there's four. Uh, one didn't get off the ground. So, uh, but but three was the one that was gonna that 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 sounded right to close this album. Uh, well, when when putting together these improv pieces to release, usually we'd have lyrics uh, or like you know some kind of like uh, lyrical subject matter that would almost help us see a sequence, or uh, there'd be some sort of hook in the second song, you know, a songwriting move to try to grab you. We didn't know where to start with his improv stuff because we didn't write any of it. It happened. But uh, we listened to it over and over and tried to find the right program, like the right handful of music that went all together. And Cloud 3 wasn't the first in the series, but it was the one that made this overall release. Uh, It kind of made sense to us. It's just a a piece of quiet uh, at the end of some some insane circus-like cacophony. You think uh, titles are really important for improvised music? Uh, you know, I, I, I found it to be I found it to be really kind of um, 
challenging to because I, I didn't want to. Uh, I, I generally um, do the lyric writing and do some of the titling of stuff. I mean, I definitely, in terms of naming albums, definitely Paul and I together, uh, you know, come up with ideas. But like in terms of naming the songs, generally I do that. I found it to be challenging to do it in a fitting nature, to not overcompensate and come up with like these really interesting, weird, long titles. I tried to just let the song tell me what it sounded like. So I found it to be, you know, kind of uh, important. Although I, I think it would, be, I, I find it cool when, when some releases just have like, you know, if they're instrumental, they just have numbers. I think there's a, uh, maybe a Mike Patton and Melvin's release as the band Fantamos. I think Dave Lombardo from Slayer plays drums in it, but like it might be like the, each song is just a number, but it's kind of this, uh, it, it works. I don't know. I'm referencing something I'm not sure of, but I found it to be uh, a challenge to to just respect the songs enough to not overdo it with some kind of really overthought title. I really just tried to let the sounds of the song tell me, hey, listen, this is Colors. You know, like just that's what it is, you know, so um, and then some of the vocal improv rambling that is on the album, the vocals, uh, I said some words that maybe helped to dictate some other titles along the way. So that was there were some signposts, but the all instrumental stuff, I just tried to really, you know, have it just tell me what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. November 24, 2019, Dish Robert Pedro Show. Special guest Ed from Cinema Cinema. Hold tight for hour two. November 24, 2019, it's the second hour of the Lot for Pedro Show.
eardrum connects to the brain. The brain connects to the soul. The soul connects you to outer space, and outer space connects us all.
die Cause I was so lazy
Watch for Pedro Show started off the second hour. Cinema Cinema doing Cyclops. Then Carnage Asada with Zombie Funk. Farewell to Lilith's Daughter, Night of the Dying Goat from Alexander DeLarge out of Milano. And Colors from Cinema Cinema. What about Colors and Cyclops, Ev? Yeah, well, Colors was one that uh, we kind of got quieter than we ever got before. Um, that we kind of felt proud of that. You, you know, like getting quiet isn't that easy. Identifying uh, the power of dynamics is something I think that's key uh, to, to, to find along the way. So we've understood dynamics are are important to to play with, but to get to get quiet and find that kind of glow down at the core. It has it hasn't been something we've been able to easily get to for the first decade of being in the band, uh, and you know, adding in uh, Matt, uh, you doing all the horns, all the reed work, all the wind, uh, and kind of you know taking a different look at things um, as we approach this recording. I think uh, one of the things that we were hoping was we might find uh, find some of those more vulnerable, powerful areas uh, because being. More of uh, our previous material had leaned a little bit more of in a heavier direction, uh, stomping metals and becoming almost like a, like a blowfish to defend yourself uh, was something that we were very good at. You know, like uh, you're under attack and then suddenly you puff out your shoulders and everybody steps two feet back. You know, so I mean, relying on the let's get heavy and then let's get so heavy, it's crazy heavy dynamic. Uh, something we've done for a while, uh, and peeling that away uh, it had its own kind of, I think, let some vulnerable moment. Ev, we're losing you. Those, um, it got real quiet, and we just kind of, just kind of followed it. So, I mean, that's definitely. Good, you found me again. I could okay. get right back where I was. If Can you hear like what I'm to. saying, Ev? Because it sounds like you can't hear what I'm saying. Uh, what it seems like there's a little bit of a breakup when we cross talk with each other. Okay, I wanted to ask you: Have you ever ever heard of a word crescendo? Crescendo. Yeah, you know a yes. lot of the music words come from opera and Italian. Mm-hmm. So crescendo's like you were talking about, I guess, heavy, mm -hmm. kind of a lot of crescendo. Yeah. But I found out, because you were discussing dynamics, have you heard of decrescendo? No, I don't think I have. Well, it's the opposite. Crescendo means bring it to the top. Yeah. Decrescendo, bring it down. And what I found out, Especially at gigs, Ev. Decrescendo can be louder than crescendo. Even though it's getting softer. Ooh. So I've used it a lot. It's cool that you guys are getting into it. I want to play uh, Revealed here, okay?
Watch for Pedro Show. You just heard Cinema Cinema do an ode to Gowanus Flower. I think Gowanus is a canal in Brooklyn. Before that was Maya and the Revolutionary. Hell yeah. We all need some love. Our Elizabeth ahead of that. Back from 10. Electric Brotherland with said whoa from a band practice. I think they're a German band, excuse me. And then Cinema Cinema starting it off with Revealed. What got revealed, Dev? Uh, I think uh, I think some different um, faces that the band uh, was kind of keeping hid under uh, under kind of like the uh, the mask, you know that that heavy mask. I think what was revealed was kind of this inner working that had been there. You know, like we had relied a lot and we've always relied a lot on improv, Paul and I. We have a, a musical chemistry that's at the core of what we do. I mean, it just feels really good to talk to each other with the instruments. So we've uh, we've gotten into our own little musical fun and trouble with improv for a long time. Uh, but we hadn't put it uh, at the forefront of uh, of the display case, I think. You know, so I think what was revealed this time was, uh, you know, um, sometimes throwing the throwing the plan out, you know, and going with what happens uh, can, can be just as uh, just as strong of a plan. I mean, what's a plan? Because I know whenever we make an album that has regular quote unquote songs, there's there's always this like there's always a point where I just have to let go because the song sounds like it 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 was going to sound it doesn't sound exactly like i thought it was going to because now i've i've shared it with other musicians with an engineer you know there's a couple of different hands on it there's fingerprints that have made it into this greater thing so there's this kind of like struggle as a songwriter with getting the idea to be transposed to the recorded version and being kind of quote unquote satisfied with it i feel like if you take the plan out and you just go in and see and see if you get some good playing. Um, I found it, you know, I found it almost more. It's it was more of a gratifying and, sa- and satisfying feeling, uh, you know, to not feel like trapped with an idea about a song and it's not meeting my expectation. Uh, rather, to be freed up with ten minutes worth of interesting jam that could be maybe whittled down uh, with a fade out and a fade into seven and a half minutes worth of really good playing that says some stuff that maybe if we tried we wouldn't have said you know so I think what was revealed on this was after doing the band for 12 years to maybe trust our instincts a lot more uh, than we've had in the past and also to be really open to the idea of collaboration Moving forward, uh, Paul and I are really happy that we could present as a full band, as just two men, but we're seeing that we can be a team that can team up and maybe support another um, another musician, another, you know, force who could come in. Or it was just a, it's a lot of learning uh, playing with other people and really learning with this one. It was learning how to listen a lot, um, which... Uh, almost I mean you know I know that that should be a given I guess but this it was really really a lot of like listening to each other and that's where I guess that decrescendo uh, is is, that you mentioned uh, that you just basically brought me to school on there awesome like that that fine area like it, it is 
almost heavier because there's so much space, there's so much exposed, and everyone's listening. You know, so it's really interesting um, that uh, yeah, the the that power of collaboration. I think that was a, a a great thing that was revealed for us on this to to have Matt Dario involved with this. Um, yeah, really, really great. We actually the new album that we're working on now with Martin BC producing, we have another collaborator that, uh, that we wound up being very lucky to work with uh, a guy named Thor Harris, who um, has been in a couple of bands over the years, uh, Michael, including right? Swan. Yeah. Yeah. Swan, Swans and Shearwater and Angels of Light. Um, he's, uh, he came and did a session with us at BC studio this past summer. We're working on that album now for, maybe next year. Uh, and it was because we had learned, you know, a, the co a collaboration, if, if given the right space and the right circumstance, it could really yield more than you could have ever expected. Um, and we're excited about what will come next now that we're looking at things differently. And a tune that reveals itself to be an ode to Iguana's Flower. Yeah, the ode to Iguana's Flower, when that one... That one's kind of like the center point, maybe, of this collection of songs. That one's a 13-minute uh, odyssey. It's kind of a meditation. Uh, and, you know, we, we've, uh, we've practiced down in the Gowanus uh, area of Brooklyn for a while. And actually, we had some direct, uh, direct interplay with the Gowanus Canal, which is a, a famed... Uh, really, really disgusting, fetid canal of just green gunk and uh, and all sorts of juices you wouldn't want to ever um, touch the flesh with. We had our practice space uh, was destroyed during Hurricane Sandy, uh, which was a hurricane that hit the East Coast in 2012. And we were practicing in a room that was right on the canal, and the canal surged. So this like toxic sludge water broke down the back door of our practice space and, and destroyed all of our gear. So uh, the Gowanus ghosts kind of uh, crept into our, uh, into our story then. Uh, and that was how we met Martin Bisi. Because um, his, his, his recording studio, BC Studios, has been in the Gowanus area of Brooklyn for 35 years. The day that our practice space got destroyed, we were dragging all of our destroyed gear out of the space. It was in the middle of a hurricane, which is very rare for Brooklyn. So it was kind of like people were out checking out their community. And Martin, who uh, came walking down our block, and I noticed him because I owned a lot of albums he produced, uh, and I knew he was ill. A luminary, to say the least, if not a, an absolute brilliant sound master. Uh, and we bumped into him on the sidewalk. I said, hey, Martin. And he said, do I know you? I'm like, no, but we know you and your work. Hello. We're a band that just had all our gear destroyed. And we started up a conversation right then, the day our gear was destroyed uh, from Hurricane Sandy in the Gowanus Canal area. And we met Martin that day. And that led to our relationship with Martin. He's produced two of our albums. We went on tour with his Martin BC band to Europe. Uh, so, you know, it's you can never tell. Like, if something's good or bad in the moment, you have to let it happen. And then later on, the perspective will let you know. Because we were getting our destroyed gear from a hurricane destroying our space in Gowanus, but we were meeting Martin at the same time, and he's loomed 
very large for us, and he's been a very giving and caring member of the Cinema Cinema family uh, since he came into it. He's just one of the best. And when he he was on tour recently, played a stop with you in Canada, Toronto. and right after that tour ended, he came home to Brooklyn, and we went in to do a session with him, and he remarked very warmly uh, in terms of dealing with you on that show and the show going well and you being one of the best uh, all around, front to back, not just a great player, but a, a good dude. So that's uh, if I could pass some warmth from BC to you via me, that'll make this whole talk worthwhile, I think, for me. So, yeah, BC's the man and you're the man, too, and I'm glad to be talking to you about him and about this whole thing. But Gowanus kind of uh, is a, a neighborhood we've been... We've been dealing with here in Brooklyn for a while. Yeah, the canal's disgusting. Okay. Well, so go on. Hour, cloud, November yeah, 24th, 2019. Special guest Ed from Cinema Cinema. Hold tight for hour three. November 24th, 2019. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Coney Island. Last stop. Interfaith. Let's die. I live to forget that. A ball of knotted lines. Shock therapy. Shock therapy. Shock therapy. I see the hook before I bite. The sand. Crash position. Loops of racing thought. Game of redeeming features. All the stuff you don't want to do with the bright lights shining on you. On you.
Watch for Pedro Show, start off the third hour. Cinema, cinema, doing digital clockwork orange. This is older days. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a little taste of the first time that we had um, Matt Dario uh, guest on previous work. That was like the um, the initial kind of like, come on in and blow on this track. Let's see how it, it, it feels. So um, we wanted to include that in, in the program today. Uh, kind of like the 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 steps along the trail that led to this uh, to the current CCXMD. So yeah, that's Digital Clockwork Orange that came out uh, in 2017 uh, on an album called Man Bites Dog. Yeah, then we had Zobodrome, Zobrodome with Russian's girlfriend and Exotic Blood Cinema Cinema, another older tune. Yeah, it's same record, and it was another one that Dario blew on on that record. So <laughs> we this were just is like, like his, you know, uh, this is like his introduction to the band. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so you made a record without him with Martin, right? Yeah, we made two without him with Martin. Okay, so you've made three with Martin now. No, four. We're working on our fourth one with Martin um, now behind the scenes. Okay. What was Before yeah. Man Bites Dog? Before Man Bites Dog was one called A Night at the Fights. That's right. Night that's, at the Fights. Uh, and that's Martin, right? Yeah. That's Martin. Yep. Okay. Just to get it clear. So yeah. the process with Martin. Yeah. How's he involved? The process with... The process with Martin uh, is now it's it, it's he's become a real real great uh, he's like a team member now. I mean, because of the trust we have with him, uh, with the work we've done with him, uh, Martin's involved at the kind of level where uh, certain things that will go like, for instance, with the brand new one we're working on, uh, the brand new one that we're working on that Thor is on. Thor came down. Uh, he was recording with uh, some other cats uh, and dogs in Brooklyn on another um, another project. He had he had a free day. He met us by BC. BC set everything up. We were ready to rock. Thor came down. We did about three and a half hours, uh, three different kind of uh, twenty five minute movements of these improv type song things. Um, and then what we've done with BC since then, that was June, we've gone back, Paul and I, and we sift through it. BC takes this fine-tooth comb and helps us find, um, you know, th the, actual, the actual stuff. Because it's so hard to get perspective when it's your own playing. Like, you know, if there's a 20-minute jam, I start to make an argument for every one of the minutes. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, whereas... There might be some areas, uh, if it was an improv type stuff, that you know we're we're getting over the same sonic terrain. So in terms of some of the improv stuff, B BC comes in really on the afterwards to help us kind of find our our path and our map with it. With the stuff that we do, that's more songwriting based because we've done both with BC. Um, BC's process really shows up greatly uh, when it comes time to mix. He has these really, really great ideas about placing maybe a vocal where we didn't plan to have it um, or like, you know, a, a certain uh, 
a certain like uh, important lyric that I might not have thought was important, but he'll kind of, you know, highlight it for me and then grab it and maybe he'll drop it somewhere else in the song or he'll advise to, you know, go back down and do a real like, you know, a real deep guttural scream under this. Like he's just I mean, with the most respect to us as artists, with what we want to achieve, he brings his producer like ear um, to it with, you know, and because there's a trust uh, you know, there can be some late in the game changes to a song that we didn't see, but we'll we'll believe in Martin's um, guidance. And then there'll be times where we say, now, you know what, that part has to happen that many times, Martin. It doesn't matter what you think. But we, we luckily uh, we luckily have gotten a real camaraderie between us and him. I mean, to, to, to now have him be the guy we go to regularly to work with, uh, that's a dream. You know, I mean, so many of our musical uh, heroes, for lack of a better term, you know, so many of our musical, uh, you know, like inspirations of when they've come through, they've played there. I mean, you mentioned in hour one that you were there with Sonic Youth, you know, back in the in the 1980s. You know, I mean, there's been so many individuals who passed through and dealt with Martin that when Martin applies that experience and knowledge to our music, it's hard to really argue. It's it's really it's more like we appreciate that he cares that much that he wants to help us better our music. Okay, so was he involved not, with you know, this? Was he involved with this stuff? The Shiners. The Shiners. Martin is involved with directly. Number yeah, four, the number Shiners. Five. I want to play him right now. Okay.
Watt for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Cinema Cinema with Shiner number four. Then Dusk, last uh, show I did, was Dawn by the same uh, collective, Ned Collette, James Rushford, and Joe Talia. Uh Beautiful pieces. And then Shiner number five, Cinema Cinema. And, uh, yeah, there's some about this kind of stuff I, I really enjoy. And uh, so I'm glad, uh, yeah, Martin can aid and abet the way he does with UF. Yeah, well, we're really, really fortunate. He can aid and abet, as you said. Um, uh, where can people really... find you? Where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, yeah, man, on the Internet, if... Um... You know, just like in the olden days, we have a website uh, before, you know, all, all the social media. Yeah, but give your we website. We also have social media, but if you want to. Ev, Ev, give your Yeah, the website, website. Is, Yeah, cinemacinemaband.com. So that's really S, simple. Uh, that's C-I-E-C-I-N-E-M-A-C-I-N-E-M-A-B-A-N-D.com. Exactly. Okay, from there they can go and to you other could places. Find uh, and so everything, the next yeah, plan, how, how yeah. far are you along with this new record? Going to be laying down some new vocals in January. Uh, we're trying to get it mixed and mastered by the summer to get uh, a touch of it, the first touch of it out by next November. We're going to be going back on tour in April. Uh, to do some Midwest, we're going to get out to Chicago and Detroit. Um, and then we're hoping to have the new album out by next, the end of next year. And we're definitely going to come back to the West Coast. And then we got to talk about going to Europe again. And we also got to get to some areas of the America, the great large America that we haven't been to. We had a great time in South Dakota and North Dakota and Montana. We don't want to forget about those states. They're very important to us. If any of our friends or supporters there are listening to this, thank you for the good times we've had in your states. We're going to come back soon. It's not just going to be uh, coastal stuff. We, we know we have to see all of you, and we appreciate your uh, your support. Well, thanks for being on the show, uh, really. Uh, I wish you guys, you and Paul and everybody, the best of luck. And when the new record comes out, let's talk again, okay? I would love that, Watt. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, it's been the November 24, 2019 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.